The man who passes the sentence should swing the sword. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. There is no middle ground. Someone took her away from me. Seven kingdoms couldn't fill the hole she left behind. So long as I am your king, treason shall never go unpunished. A very small man can cast a very large shadow. Strike hard and true, John Snow. I want to fight for the side that fights for the living. Hello and welcome to our Game of Thrones spoiler cast where we are going to be going over the entire kind of series, not doing like a play-by-play, but just our favorite things because this was one of our favorite media properties to have ever existed. So we wanted to kind of take the opportunity to sit down and film us talking about it because we don't want to do it without a camera because then there's no potential for money. Now, I just want to get off like this right off the bat. I just want to get off right I just want to get off. Oh God, so badly. Um, this is going to be from season one to season eight, like start to finish. It's We're going to be talking uh, about the entire We're doing se- season eight? That's the other thing. This, If you are just going to shit on season eight and you just want to complain about D&D suck and let's get competent writers, this isn't the thing for you, I don't think. We, I, I don't think it is. Like, I mean, you can watch if you want, but we're going to be mostly, this is a very positive, this is a Game of Thrones positive media that we're going to be talking about here. Yeah. We might have some little digs here and there, but oh, it's not going to be like, we're not going to be th- th- fucking throwing out petitions left and right being yeah. like, no, they, they got to reshoot it. You know, the thing that cost billions redo it. Yeah. Entirely. Yeah. So, uh, let's try and keep, I mean, if if you want to have a discussion in the comments, that is perfectly fine. But I just want to get off the right off the bat that we're not gonna we're not gonna be shitting on season eight. No, that's we're not, we're not, not gonna, gonna be, be we're not gonna be shitting on it. We're gonna be talking about our favorite experiences with it and yeah. kind of what we noticed throughout the show and kind of the media landscape of it. Yeah, and kind of how D and D ruined one through five, six, all of it, all of it, the whole thing. Yeah, uh, just kind of like how like a the cultural impact of Game of Thrones on the wider world. So it's going to be very positive. We're going to kind of go through the seasons, look at everything, and come along on this journey with us while we recant our tales of Westeros. Yes. So, where do you want to begin? Also, yeah. spoilers. Duh. Yeah. It's a spoiler it's, it's, cast. Yeah, spoiler cast. So spoiler if you haven't cast. seen the show, don't watch it. Don't watch also, it. Also, we've had some. We've had a couple viewers sometimes that are like, I wish they wouldn't swear so much. Foul language is ahead. That, duh. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Not so, family friendly. Don't don't watch this with your grandmother. Well, you can watch it with your grandma if she's a freak. If she's rad. <laughs> if, she, if, <laughs> if your grandma's, grandma's rad. dirty girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, speaking of dirty grandmas. Yeah. Uh, Tori, right off the bat, mm-hmm. who was your favorite character in Game of Thrones? Oh, portrayal and character arc okay like it can be two separate answers or it can be the same person okay uh ooh. so that's a that's a really tough one because like notoriously it's it there's, there's a huge fucking cast there's, there's no yeah. main cast essentially right. um and there's there's so many characters i like love 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 but i gotta go with Tyrion as my favorite character okay okay and, and portrayal or character arc i think it might be both okay and i think that's a close a close second by, and 
I could say like Ned Stark or something like that, but I want to go with characters who were in a little bit longer. Yeah. So Jon Snow would be the other one. Okay. I think, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I had a tough time narrowing it down because I do also really love Tyrion's portrayal by the great Sir Peter Dinklage. Yep. Yep. He hasn't Famously been knighted, knighted. but I'm gonna <laughs> knight, I'm gonna I'll go knight I'm gonna get out ahead of it. Okay. Yeah. He's gonna get knighted in the next five years. Yeah, I'll knight you. Get over here, Peter. Da da a knight of the Seven Kingdoms. Seven Kingdoms. Six. Yeah. Ah, give it or give or take a few years, it'll be five. Yeah. The Iron Islands out of that bitch. Yeah, well, they're gonna keep branching off. Um yeah, I really liked Peter Dinklage's portrayal i think he was so good because he he was great in terms of both portrayal and character arc because his portrayal changed so much over the seasons like season one he's like your rich pretty boy yeah fucking i i just i'm just drunk I don't know about time. pretty boy, but he was like the you rich. You know what I mean? Kind of like, like the I can attitude, have whatever I want. The I, attitude of a pretty boy. Yeah, definitely. He had the, he had the rich, like my dad will sue you kind of attitude. Yeah, and like he kind of got the glimpse of like, oh shit, when I'm disconnected from my money, I'm fucked. But he got through season one entirely with the promise of, I'm very rich. Yeah, and and it's not necessarily that that part goes away as he goes on, but I think. He's one of the ones that, from the beginning, you start to see the... You start to kind of peel back the layers on him. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why do you read so many books? Which, by the way, died after season one. Yeah. Like, why does he read so many books? But, um... Well, I mean, come on. Look at look at like, the rest of the seasons. He didn't have fucking time to be reading. <laughs> have you caught up on the series? Oh, I just don't have time, man. He's literally the busiest person there yeah. probably is. Yeah, he really is. Um... But you start, like, I read so many books because I understand that I don't have talents elsewhere, so my mind is what I try to keep sharp. Yep. And then I have a special place in my heart for cripples, bastards, and broken things, that line. And that's just season one. And then as it goes on, you start to peel back more and more where you see his his mind in action. You see how he can be genuinely yeah, caring and, like, about people. In season two, then you get his whole, like, responsibility kind of like arc where he's like i have a large position thrown at me and then at first he's like i'll dick around with it like i'll see how power turns out and then when it becomes clear that stannis will invade it's like okay i have to do this to ensure that like we kind of keep civilization as we know it yeah and then he's able to mount up to the challenge in the face of a war which he has never had to come close to he's mm -hmm. always been the one that's like Oh, you went off to war. Well, my daddy funded it. That kind of guy. Yeah, but he he really like yeah sacked up when it came. Yeah, push and came then to shove. he like season three and four kind of lost lost that thing because he was you know wounded and depressed and then put on mm-hmm. trial and was about to be murdered by his own family. But then again, sacked up to the challenge of like, I'm going to be the hand of the queen now. Like I need to undertake this new challenge. Quite frankly though, he kind of did a shit job at the end. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I think, um, cause not not only was he screwing up all the time, but he was trying to do, he was kind of trying to continue his trajectory, which wasn't what Danny wanted once he became hand of the queen. Mm -hmm. And, well, I mean, it was totally different needs that he had to fulfill, and it was... Yeah, and, and that was where he was like, oh boy, like, I think I'm doing this right, and it is not right at all. But he 
came back to being that character that I love again in the very last episode of the show. Yeah, like the last 10 minutes becoming that person again of, or I mean the entire last episode, just I need to undertake this responsibility and the fucking pin drop. Yeah. Like that's hard. Yeah. That's a baller move. Mad respect to Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Did it perfectly. I think my favorite, it's again, it's wins both, both sides of it. Favorite, portrayal and character arc was charles dance as tywin lannister oh okay okay crushed it yeah i don't tywin lannister the coolest character because he was so matter of fact and it wasn't like he didn't i think he even said something along the lines of like he doesn't hate rob stark or anything it's just this is how it goes. Yeah. He doesn't hold malice towards anyone. It's just... No, it's not, I hate you as a person. It's more of like, you are the enemy and I, I'm going to destroy you because like my family's more powerful. I want us to keep going and I want us to be feared and respected. And it it oftentimes was just the, the absolute tightrope walk that he did with style of walking between, I'm doing this because it's necessary and I'm doing this to flex on you. Yeah, he, he, I mean, I guess if you come from the family with the most fuck you money, you kind of get to do whatever. Yeah. And, but, but I mean, he didn't have fuck you money. He made the fuck you money himself. Yeah. Like everything was self-made. So that's why he was so intense. And yeah, you can hate him for being so intense with his kids. Well, I don't know about self-made. Like it also, he came from that family. Yeah. But like his dad pretty much threw all the money away. Like he did, he was. He built the house back up, yeah. Yeah. Like he like, made it what it was. Yeah, he made House Lannister a name again. Yeah. Because it used to be, like, the fucking, the phrase, like, where they were nothing. Yeah. Like, Walter Frey was made fun of because he's useless. Yeah. And as far as portrayal goes, Charles Dance did such a good, no one could have played that. A menacing stare. Yeah. A powerful stare. And... The perfect image will always be him sitting in the Iron Throne, just chilling. Yeah. Like, if I could get eight seasons of him as king, absolutely, I'd be in for that ride. Because he was so good. And, like, yeah, he only got half of the series. Yeah. But when he was in it, he was such a great character where it was like, I want more scenes with Tywin. He was such a huge presence on screen. And then... Like, you could feel everything was influenced by him. Just the way he portrayed it, too. Like, you could feel it ripple out through the rest of the show. And in the way he portrayed the character, stuff like his body language, his tone of voice, the way he worded things. And I know that comes down to the writing, too. But writing isn't shit unless the actor portrays it well. And he's got the perfect voice for it. Yeah. So just just the way he would, like, send the king off to bed. Or, like, someone would try and stand up to him, and he would just stare at him. Yeah, he he wouldn't he wouldn't even have to say anything. It yeah. would just be like a Are you are you sure you want to be doing this right now? Yeah. And at that point they'd either like try and stand up, get killed, or they would immediately cower, shit themselves and back down. And also the fact that like the lineage that had been kings for like centuries just going forward he was the person that put that to an end yeah like 
the only reason the Targaryens are no longer in power is because of Tywin. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's fuck you just in itself. Yeah. Like, everyone knows who he is. And I, I loved the scenes with him because everyone knew him, kind of, like, by reputation. Yeah. And they would all either be afraid of him mm-hmm. or they would try and kind of like match his level mm-hmm. but no one could do it yeah he was the he was john wick yeah he was <laughs> he was the john wick of westeros yeah but it it was so great to have him on screen all the time because he stole the show and For it was sure. like it always had to move up to him like That's no true. decision could get made unless he was in the scene as well even the king yeah exactly it would always have to go up to tywin yeah so that was, he was the real power player and to also have no money, but everyone still respects you because you give the illusion that you have money yeah. just in name itself. Yep. Powerful. Yeah. And I mean, just their colors, gold. Yeah, exactly. The it Lannister was, was, shit gold. Yeah. That's, did he? I wonder if he did. That's, like, did if, anyone if, check if, the pot after? There would have been an extended scene after, after Tyrion snuck into his bedroom. Yeah, some like late night goodies. Yeah, like when they pulled the body, like they showed him in the Sept of Baylor. Yeah. Like, did anyone bother to like check the pot? Yeah. Like after they moved his body, like someone someone has to clean him up. They pull off his body. Oh God, that is fucking beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Like someone pulls up the body and then like because that's it's a known phrase around <laughs> Westeros. So like the person moving the body, do you think they had that moment of? Well, I mean, maybe just check. Yeah. Like. wouldn't hurt to check plus no one knew what diseases were then no in westeros they don't know what diseases are they were digging in shit ah fever took him yeah exactly he had cancer (laughs) the fever the big one yeah he had the big f (laughs) (laughs) so who were like your runner-up or or like other favorites that we don't have to go off their entire their entire thing through right now but uh obviously kit harrington is Jon snow yeah Hot boy Kit Harrington. Yeah, so hot. And so good. Mm-hmm. So good at playing the 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 challenged character in terms of like his morals at all times. Yeah. Um Amelia Clark as Daenerys was also fantastic. Yeah. She, she did a great job. Yeah, she did a great job throughout the entire series being like off her shit or like demanding and then powerful and then sensitive and mm-hmm. she really did all of that just with her eyebrows alone yeah it's, it's honestly it's, it's her really eyebrows just the eyebrows she's got, like it's like a little ratatouille eyebrow thing i think they're controlling the, the whole so source. so she's the host body yeah, and the yeah. eyebrows they're the they're the real mind yeah 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 um i also i also really loved uh uh jora yep. and um Oh my God, the Onion Knight. Oh, Sir Davos. Sir Davos. Yeah. yeah, both of those portrayals and their characters were were perfect to the end. Yeah, I think Sir Davos was was really really good. I also like Arya. Come on, Arya's great. Yeah, um, and I, I'm surprised by how many of the actors in the show that was their first job. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really unsettling that they all ended up being really good. Like that's the thing. No one in the show was bad except Ed Sheeran. Except Ed Sheeran. Except Ed Sheeran. Everything we say today, 
just take it with the clause of like there's the little asterisk next to it, and then you can just write in except Ed Sheeran for yeah. everything we say. Yeah. Um, yeah, they really lucked out because everyone in the show was so good. It does not matter who. Everyone was so good. I yeah. cannot think of someone who I looked at in the show and was just like, oh, I'm realizing now that this is a show. Like, nothing right. took me out of it except Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Um, I mean, you look at The Walking Dead or something like that, and they ended up with Carl for like 10 years. Yeah. And it just got worse and worse and worse. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, you guys... I feel bad almost like you guys got stuck with shit. Yeah, but, but they didn't they didn't get Arya and then like find out oh she was just like a kid so people let it go and now she's an adult and they didn't let it. She just got really good. Yeah. Even even Bran with his creepy stares like yeah. good. He was fine. I I like him. I I, I like I really Bran like as a, him. I like Bran as a character. I think the actor was maybe the weakest of all of them. I, I don't know. I, I really liked young Bran. Like, he kind of had that arrogance to him. And then when they were going in beyond the wall and everything, just that level of kind of torn between his two worlds, I think he did that so well. And yeah. then I just think at the end, like, how do you portray that? I know. How do you do that? Yeah. There's just no way. Like, how do you... Plus, I think he had the look down. Like, the, the stare? End of end of episode one, when, like, he's just staring at Jamie. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I love Episode that one shit. of season eight. Yeah, episode yeah. one of season eight. He's just looking at him. Then Jamie's like, oh, fuck. Uh, hey. Are you doing sport, a slugger? <laughs> just gives him a little pat. Yeah, give him a little pat on the back. Like, e yep. I'm going to... Pretty close pretty cold yeah is there hot cocoa inside you want some you want, you want, yeah and then breaks his chair get... so he can't tell on him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about this kid S sorry kid things we do for love um the one thing that i think we got to get ahead of yeah right away is are are we gonna talk about how robin aaron got hot do you want to talk about how Robin Aaron got hot? Robin Aaron got hot. Yeah, he did. He got really hot. Yeah. He's... Something's in that titty milk. Yeah, that's why she fed him for so long. Because she she knew that he was going to grow to be a beautiful boy. Yeah, he was destined to be ugly until he sucked that titty for that last, that last final time. But how? He looked like such a sickly weird kid last yeah. we saw him. And then to come back just two years later and it's like, something's not adding up. Yeah. Did they? No, he wasn't replaced. That's not a new actor. It's, huh? Let's. I was very conflicted it because was I was. Milk. I was never rooting for him. But then all of a sudden, it's like, well, I mean, if we had a hot king, I wouldn't mind. So you wanted him to be king? Well, just so Westeros could have a hot king. Okay. You know, mm -hmm. like Joffrey. Sure. No. Yeah. Tommen. He's boy band cute. He's yeah. Holy shit! That's a good way to put that. Exactly. But like then. To get a hot king, like I'm talking just superstar levels, like Brad Pitt levels. Okay, I don't know if he's that level. I'm saying he, he could have been. He, he got decent. Looking. He could have been Westeros's next superstar. Okay, there's potential. Okay, I'd like to explore that a bit more. Also, everything we say is we're getting an R and D team on it, a D and D team on it. Yeah, you could say. Yeah, then I wouldn't watch it because bad. Because bad. Um, so, 
let's just kind of get back and let's let's start. I guess I guess sort of towards the beginning with just some questions of things because every season before the new season I would rewatch every previous one just yep. to get like recaught up because there's always stuff you find and this time I I wanted to pick out things that I hadn't really noticed before because there's always new things but like stuff that kind of stuck out like you know when Benjen comes to the feast yeah. season one mm-hmm. are they allowed to leave the Night's Watch for any reason I think the the Night's Watch is so just completely in shambles that yeah. it does not fucking matter. Because it was once a massive thing, right? Yeah. But then I think as it just became like, oh, it's just all the like criminals get sent here. Right. Then it just kind of became like, we're playing it hard and fast with the rules. Like nothing really matters. Also, he was first ranger. That's true. It so, just never happens again in the show. So I didn't know if anyone well, was I mean, allowed to leave. They do get to go... To, like, in the later seasons, when Sam sends Gilly uh, to, God, I forget the town name. Oh, Oldstown? Um, or Molestown? Old- Mole's, yeah, it's Molestown. like Molestown. Yeah. Um, members of the, Night Wa- the Night's Watch are there as well, because they kind of make the reference of, like, oh, well, none of the Night's Watchmen actually keep their vows. They just go to Molestown, and they sleep with people, and they yeah. drink, and I thought that was always whatever. sneaking off, though sneaking off okay. every it's like an open secret like everyone okay. knows they were doing it and i'm sure jor mormont knew yeah, as well don't get caught no one's gonna narc yeah exactly like as long as don't say shit but if an, if an up like an upper level one sees you then you're gonna get yeah little, if the lord commander like sees you leaving he'll probably reprimand you yeah so yeah i don't i don't know also john was pretty fast and loose with his night's watch vows yeah, when he ate that pussy. Okay. Separate train here, just for a moment. Okay, yeah, we'll take a little derail there. Jon Snow literally invented <laughs> eating pussy. Yeah, he did. Jon Snow invented that shit. Yeah. Like, if we gave him three more months yeah. with Egret, he would have invented eating ass. No one would have ever thought of it in Westeros, and he would have just been like, I just kind of wanted to kiss you down there. Yeah. King. Well, because everyone- That's my true king. <laughs> my Someone king who, eats ass. The person who invented eating pussy is the true king. I don't want to hear any arguments against. Yeah, they should have crowned him right there. Exactly. It, it should have. If the show had good writers. Oh, but yeah. yeah. They, they would have just. Egret holds no power over that, but she would have given him a crown right there. Mm-hmm. She would have just been like. You're the true King Jon Snow. (laughs) And that would have been it. Because at the end, they should have made the case for Jon when he was in shackles Mm -hmm. that, well, who should be king? Then someone, Bran should have stood up. Okay? (laughs) Bran should have stood up Uh and then said, Jon invented eating pussy. I saw it with my third eye and it was good. Yeah, he was like, I... I saw it in my third eye. It was a cave. It was romantic. It was sexy. He invented. And then they were all like, wait, what's eating pussy? And then he explains it to them. And then they're like, that is a brave man Mm -hmm. who can take Westeros into bold new territories where we have not gone before. Yeah, which is down there. Which is, yeah, down. Yeah. So one of the things about Bran is that Throughout the show, well, like, not throughout, but, like, once he becomes the Three-Eyed Raven, 
and people want to talk to him, I, I just wish he would explain what was going on because it's always like, oh, Bran, what happened to you? But I'm not really. Yeah. Or I became the Three-Eyed Raven. But Is he doesn't Bran explain- played by Kit Harrington now? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Very interesting. He actually plays every character. Yeah. In that in that rewrite with the good writers, it's going to be uh, all Kit Harrington. All Kit Harrington. Yeah. 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 So why? Do, and this is a like yeah. It's funny. But seriously, why doesn't he explain that ever? I or, or is it like an implied? Because it's just like I'm the three eyed raven now. Sick. You have anything else? Like it's like that awkward. I d- why didn't he explain it? Because I feel like people could have understood more, or was it just implied that they were told off screen? I think it's just. I think the only implication was that Tyrion was told off screen, and that's about everyone else. Just knew that Bran was not Bran. I don't think anyone pressed him on it. Okay. I I do not think Sansa pressed him on it too hard. I think once he proved it to her and Arya. They were both just like, whoa, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I mean, think of, think of how cryptic the old Three-Eyed Raven talked to, though. That's true. But I feel like it's not only him that's cryptic. Like, there's a lot of, uh, like, when, I, I think Arius was talking to John. I don't remember who, who it was, but they were like, how did you survive a knife to the heart? I didn't. Yeah. Cool. Although, I, although... I think in that one, because they talked about multiple times in season eight, how he came back from the dead. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it started, I liked to imagine in my own head canon mm-hmm. that soldiers started talking about it. And then the story just got kind of like, I mean, how does it get any more overhyped than he literally came back from the dead? Yeah. Like he was dead and now he's not. So like, I think he told Sansa and, like, the Night's Watch and the Wildlings had spread the rumor around to where it kind of became, like, this built-up, like, hero story about yeah. John. Yeah. Because Tormund was talking about it at the feast, too, where it's like, they talked about, and, I mean, Davos brought it up to Daenerys mm-hmm. in Season 7. So I think it just became, like, this story that got out of control, and then all the Northerners talked about it, like our king in the north, like, our king came back from the dead. Okay. I just, because it was such a cool moment for, the like, everyone watching, that I just wanted to be sure that every motherfucker knew that he was dope and he yeah, came that, back from the that dead. That he came back from the dead, yeah. which was probably the most stressful year of my life. Yep. That, yeah. that was, that it, it was a year filled with, like, I remember I I remembered that I would be like on weird Reddit threads and like in weird corners of the internet yeah. that were like picking frames out of the show and then like picking passages out of the books and then I'd send them to you like no no he can't be dead because if if he's dead then how how would this happen yeah. or or uh what what about this thing like maybe yeah. maybe maybe he'll come back and and this will happen mm-hmm. and like the big one was the red woman had just gotten to castle black right so yeah. maybe there's something there. Right. But there, we had never seen her bring someone back to life before. Right. Because it was always, but we had seen other red priests do like, it. Do it. We'd only seen the one 
Like we had seen it with Barrick. Yeah. And that's it. That's another thing about the show is there's however many gods and the old gods and the new gods and everything. The only one that ever showed that they existed was the Lord of Light and the old gods with the three eyed raven. Oh, is that what the, the old gods? God? Because the gods would trees. I that thought was, that was more of a children of the forest thing. Well, those are kind of like the old god, like the, I don't know how to describe of the old gods. Yeah, I don't know how to describe religions, but like the three eyed raven is essentially an old god because it's it's heavily based around like the godswood trees and yeah. the weirwoods. Mm-hmm. So I I took that as like mostly powers that came before the first men like the old gods weren't like old gods gods like didn't really have like influence yeah in the way that the lord of light does right like because we saw the powers of the old gods which is essentially like that there were wargs like humans that had like a genetic trait passed down from their ancestors that were like kind of superhuman abilities but then the lord of light was like the only influential one Right. And it was very interesting to kind of look at the series. Like, if you look at the entire series from the perspective of, like, the Lord of Light versus the Night King, or, like, the Lord of Light trying to, like, course correct Westeros. Like, just kind of, like, putting pieces into place. Yeah. Like, because that's kind of what I interpreted it as, Mm -hmm. was, like, there wasn't much like kind of free will going on there. It was mostly like we're course correcting and this is everything that needs to happen in order for this to go down. Even if it's like someone dies. Nope. Not yet. Exactly. Like, so when it's, when it's major players like that, like with Beric, like his purpose was to protect Arya that one time. Yeah. So she could, kill the night king right because everyone else there at the battle of winterfell had their own part to play exactly so like people have more major roles to play like john obviously Mm -hmm. like had probably the most important role to play yeah uh i don't know if daenerys was more so like i feel like daenerys was fighting against the lord of light in a way do you think so I feel like it might have been, like, everything was maybe in the beginning or something, it had looked like, okay, maybe she'll end up on the throne or something. Or maybe she can kind of correct this on her own. And then maybe towards the end, it was like, okay, we got to course correct to get rid of her. Well, I think that's why John came back. Because, I mean, John did some stuff during the Battle of Winterfell, but he didn't do the thing he didn't do the damn thing but but he did the, he, oh but he had to bring all the wild he had to bring forget, the wild links he had to that bring that the night's watch almost. he had oh, to man. unite the north he yeah. had to get the south like he had to get daenerys and the dragons yeah like his was probably the most integral that's, role that's true that's true that's true but i also think that because his the prophecy i also think that his role was after danny had, had done her usefulness he had to be the one to kill her yeah. If we're looking at it as some sort of puppet master doing the entire thing. Because that's what the prophet like it followed the prophecy like so well right. that it's like it has to be like 
it has to be influenced in this way because it was even pro- like it was the whole Azor High had to like put the knife through the heart of his wife Nisa Nisa to like and then pulled out a burning sword and like mm-hmm. saved the realm with it. So it's kind of like it follows it so much where it's like, okay, this almost just feels like everyone was a little puppet. Right. What if her role to play was what like was tearing down the the seat of power essentially? Like what if, yeah, we're gonna lose a lot, but we need to build new and the only way to build new is to like burn out the cancer. Yeah. So maybe you're she get was some skin with that or whatever. Yeah, so maybe she was being used as like a way to like yeah, get rid of that system in place. Right. Like, she was essential to get rid of that system in place, but then she could not be trusted with that. Right. She had the temperament to, she had the temperament and means to completely, basically level the city. Oh, and she did. Oh, and boy, did she. Boy, howdy, did she wreck shit. Should we, and you know what? Mad respect. (laughs) Honestly, gotta give it to you. The balls. The The, balls. The, the. The bravery that that takes <laughs> to just be like, nah, I think I'll burn it. Yeah. Because that's astounding. <clears throat> so, yeah, let's just shift into that. So, Cersei had done a lot of planning, like, oh, I know my enemy. I know what Willem won't do. The one thing she hadn't accounted for is she's going to fucking destroy it all. Yeah, I think, and I love that, that essentially... In Cersei's last moments, like when she had to leave the Red Keep, it was, oh shit, I had, I had everything that I had set up was banking on her not leveling the city. Yeah. Like, I... I had planned for everything except this, I had planned for sea attack, I had planned for air attacks, I would planned for everything except for this. Exactly, and it was, it was just, it was purely a... Well, I just invited all the citizens in here. Like yep. you won't do anything. Mm-hmm. You're the you're the good queen that everyone loves. Yeah. Like you won't do it. Yeah. And then as soon as she saw Danny just fucking tearing up the city. Mm-hmm. That's the only word that can be used is yeah. just tearing that shit up. Yeah. Then the facade faded as like I don't hold true power. She does. Yeah. Like she held she held on to her her like, name. That was all that it was. But it was she, her namesake forever. She kept, like, even though she was cracking, she kept her, her back straight and, like, face pretty concealed for a long time. Like, she she didn't show that, like, oh, boy, I think I'm fucked. Yeah, no, because she had, like, gotten by. She had skated by so easily. That's the like, thing. Before. She is, Cersei had never faced consequences before. Yes, I know she lost her children. And, and, I don't know, being paraded through the city with shit thrown at you, being imprisoned and tortured for a couple months. She got back at him pretty fucking... She got back at him pretty fucking good, but I'd say that's a pretty good consequence. Okay. Okay. Sure, yeah. That aside. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yes, I was wrong on that. She did get that one consequence, and, like, the kids dying, which sounds really big, but she always got back ten times over. Yeah. It's because she was 
she was per- she was relentless, like she was ruthless. Right. It was because she did not care what people thought of her. Yeah. Like once she kind of accepted, like I don't care what people think of me, mm-hmm. then it was game over for all the other lords of Westeros because they could not match that, and the only one that could match that would be Drogon and Danny tearing up the city. Right. And she, I think the thing that she really had with this is because every other, like, you know, doing doing the walk through the streets, she knew once this is over, I'm getting them. But when Danny was burning down the city, burning the Red Keep, she saw it happening, knew she couldn't, she, like, she, get, well, there we was have, no, like, there's no counterattack. Right. Around. It was, I know, well, we have the, we have the Iron Fleet. They're gone. Well, we have all the whatever the scorpions they're all destroyed then she was like oh shit i also can't fight back yeah i myself i do not have a dragon i have nothing to personally like like defend myself with yeah so that was a that was a really cool it was it was an interesting spot to see cersei in because that she hadn't before and we had to see her really go, fuck. Also, the thing that I loved most about that episode mm-hmm. was about halfway through, Danny was no longer a character. We didn't see her face or anything. We didn't see her up close. It was all she was was a death machine from above. Yeah. Like she was no longer like personalized or anything. Yeah. Like it was just from the streets, like. Yeah, there's like no Arya, like Arya kind of going through the streets yeah. and stuff. There's there's no attachment to Danny. She is just the death machine above, and I loved that. I loved how we didn't see her like scrunching her face and like burning it down. Like no, maybe the it, emotional it became turmoil. a monster movie. Exactly, it was just the monster that you don't ever see. Like you catch little glimpses of. Yeah, I loved that. I loved their two like ventures into horror this yeah. this season. Yeah. Like. Arya in the library, and then yeah. that moment with Drogon. Mm-hmm. I loved those little horror moments. Yeah, which was also like I I loved how in that episode we see the sort of people's perspective mm-hmm. from Arya. Like what a, a good character to have for that because she's everyone. Loves she's everyone. Arya. She's the girl with no face. She's the and, and everyone loves her, so everyone's going to be fearing for her mm-hmm. because. It was a moment like, oh shit, she kind of did what she was supposed to do. Fuck, she could go. Yeah, it was really like, that's what was so, the entire series was so tense. Like, that's a good kind of thing, is the entire series is so tense. Like, I've never watched any show, like, so, like, when I watch Game of Thrones for the first time, it's always like, I'm holding my breath, and then I don't even realize that I, like, haven't breathed i haven't like drank anything or Mm -hmm. like done anything for an hour i've just been like clutching myself for an hour and then when it's when i finally see like the credits start then it's like (sighs) yeah even because even in season one it does it, it has this this really really fantastic way of having like that kind of like tension snowball just keep getting bigger as it rolls so it's like you see one thing happen and you're like uh oh, and then it just becomes a Rube Goldberg machine that you see all these different players coming it in. It becomes and then, until a Katamari. It, it becomes a Katamari. Ball. It just picks everything up. Yeah, and then 
next thing you know, Ned Stark is in the streets surrounded by Lannister soldiers and everyone's, you know, got their own side and you're like, oh God. And I've never had a show where I literally like stopped breathing for parts of it or where I would stand up and like just take a breath. Like, you know what I mean? Where we'd stand mm. up and you'd be like, oh God, Whew, I just got to like, got to stretch those lungs yeah, out here. And also like if it's really tense, like I need to like move around and like, yeah. kick around and just be like, oh my god! Yeah. Like, it's the most tense fucking show ever. Yeah. And I think for me, that moment of like, oh, this is like, really, really tense, was I think it's gotta be when Renly was assassinated. Like, that was the, the first time in the series where I was just, like, aware of like... Like, oh, God, what does this all mean? Yeah. Like, the Red Woman genuinely, like, does possess magic. Yep. And... Because that was the first time that we had truly seen her not just talk nonsense. Exactly. Like, she genuinely possesses magic, Mm -hmm. and that Stannis had committed, like, murder against his brother. Like, he had planned it, and then it meant also that, okay, like, they're actually moving forward with a plan to like attack King's Landing yeah. and this is this is going to happen but wait that means Tyrion is in King's Landing and Tyrion is a part of the old guard so they'd kill him yeah also Varys is there and mm-hmm. Sansa's there so it's like oh fuck like there's so many like surrounding dangers that's one of the other things is that be- this cast is so huge and like the the amount of characters that you either know in pretty good depth and care about is so huge and they're on every side of the board yeah so once the plan for this you know what sir davos and Tyrion, oh god they're gonna be on opposite sides of this army during a war shit i love both of them yeah it was and it's so tough because it's because you just you're rooting for everyone simultaneously you're like Maybe we can all be friends. Yeah. You know how in the beginning there's there's like so many characters and there's like eight different sides they could be on. And then by the end, it's like there's a lot less characters and then especially a lot less ones that you really care about. And it's kind of on they're on one side or the other. Like y- by by the last season, it's like yeah. there's one, two, maybe maybe like a, a smaller third side or whatever. It's like it's really interesting how the show just starts off on like this really macro level showing here's everyone and all these different things and it's all this political strife and it's basically just a camera like slowly pulling back from this scene until it's the last couple episodes of like now instead of all these stupid political maneuvers and gotta do this and that and we're on like a very large scale like boom boom, like literally living versus dead yeah and then danny versus cersei yeah and then it pulls back to such a I don't, not even black and white though. Like it's it, not a black and white show in, in terms of like, no, good ev- guy, bad guy. No, no one was like textbook good guy. Like, no, because I mean, except for Sam, mostly because he was a pussy. <laughs> okay. Let's just like, come on, let's just, let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> like, he, was a, he was a big fat, he was just pussyfooting around the night's watch. Exactly. That like, he, if, if John would not have been there, Sam would be dead, yeah. super dead. Mm-hmm. 
like even John, like, yes, he remained like loyal to the Night's Watch, but there were those moments in like season two and three when you were like, oh, he's he's into the wildlings. Like he likes the <laughs> lifestyle. Yeah. Like he's yeah. he's like it's no longer just a kind of like seek and destroy mission or like right. implement yourself there and yep. then bring that knowledge to Castle Black. Mm-hmm. Like find out what they're doing. It became like, okay, I did that, but I really respect Mance Raider and right. I I respect these wildling tribes because at the end of the day, they are us as well. They were just born on the wrong side of this wall. Like, right. And I think they just want to survive the winter too. I think even though he is always like really respectful around higher ups and he, you know, he comes from a family that's a noble family. I think he likes the, we're all on level playing field. Yeah. Like everyone is just everyone. There's not a hierarchy. I mean, you know, there is a little bit, but like, it's not, Oh, well, you're a bastard. It's like, no one cares. And I, I loved getting John's view of the wildlings as well, because it it was so perfect with how kind of like he talked about how he was raised and then seeing this other way of life where no, there's no like Royal families where there's big feasts or anything. Like it's just kind of, everyone is in a, tribe together yeah and they all like live and eat together and everything and what i what i loved especially about the show was you kind of realize slowly like not until like season six do you realize oh this is john snow's like show like right this is this is his show yeah like even then it doesn't become his show but it like he is the main player by the end of it. Yeah. I mean, like he is the connector to everyone. Like everyone's got the connection through him. Yeah. I think, yeah, he is the, he's the he's greatest the networker of all time. Yeah, dude, he's, his LinkedIn profile's hot. If he worked for Amway, he would be a top one percenter. Yeah. 100%. His network, yeah. unbelievable. He could sell sports drinks to anyone because yeah. they all love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did love having him as, like, the guide throughout the show of, mm-hmm. like, kind of what it was really about. Like, yeah, you take, like, all these really interesting, like, political scenes, but then you just get kind of <laughs> – they should have just called it Down and Dirty with Jon Snow. Like, Down that and Dirty be... to the Jon Snow experience. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it should have just been called that because I, I, I just loved the idea for his character and, like, just – I, I think we all fell in love with who he was as a person where it was you started realizing that like he does not want these positions that are thrown at him. He doesn't like, want anything that's ever given to him. No, and it it's it's not even like he's got a choice either. No. It's just you are this now and he's oh okay, I can do that. Sweet, now you're this. I please let's end please, it here. Please no. <laughs> let's end it here. Oh, but now you have to lead us into battle to take back your home. It wasn't even really my home, guys. <laughs> really, it's cool. They can have it. <laughs> really, I don't want it. You're now the king you're of the, the king in the north. Please, I'm begging you, let it stop here. I, I need to leave immediately after this so that I can go get help for it. No, you're the king in the north. Why would you bow to her, king in the north? <laughs> yeah, and then we chose you. <laughs> 
I didn't want it. And then, and then finally, when he thinks he cannot ascend any higher, you are actually Aegon Targaryen the sixth, rightful heir to the Iron Throne. And he's like, God, I'm not surprised. No, I'm not. But am I still disappointed? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's his entire life could be summed up by not surprised, but ultimately disappointed at every <laughs> single turn. <laughs> Which is why, if you if if we're gonna follow John's little line here down to the literally the last scene of the entire show, and he's walking out, went back to the Night's Watch, and he's walking out with all the wild beautiful wind. scene by the way, beautiful scene. I don't think he came back, dog. I'm <laughs> pretty sure he's gone. He, he got made Lord Commander again. <laughs> I know, and then ditch. That's what I love is like we're exiling you to the Night's Watch, where you will be the Lord Commander. Yeah. Like, He's like, I've already done it once. So here's the thing, though. I was like, I just think it'd be funny if he weren't. <laughs> if you <laughs> get in the training pits, a new recruit. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we saw him like, because I, I had that question of like, uh, he was Lord Commander, right? Like, he's got to be. But yeah. then it was like, you saw him like with the cloak. Mm-hmm. You saw him like cross that bridge and he was in a room before he was in that bridge. And they've shown that exact bridge before. And that leads into the Lord Commander's quarters. Yeah, yeah. So he was Lord Commander again. But I think it was, yeah, we're exiling John to the Night's Watch. And then John was like, there's still a Night's Watch. Shh, 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 shh. You're exiled <laughs> yeah. to the Night's Watch. Yeah. And he's, I still, do- why are you blinking like that? C- could you say, c- speak plainly? Yeah, exactly. Sp- speak hard and true. And. <laughs> I, I don't think he came back either. No, I, I think I, he escorted them north and maybe he stops into Castle Black every now and again. Yeah, he just grabs a hot chocolate with the boys. Yeah, just to just to see what's up, make sure that everything's running smooth. But no one ever had gotten a double life sentence before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they really had to invent new rules for him as they went along. And that was the dopest scene. In season six, I think it was like episode three, mm-hmm. where he like fucking throws Ed the cloak and he's just like, keep it, burn it, I don't care. And then mm-hmm. he walks out and just says, my watch is ended. Yes. And then it credits. And it was just that moment of, he's kind of right. Yeah. Like he died. He, he did die. That's undisputable. Yeah. So is his... Yeah, I think I think he got off on a technicality there. Yeah. Like I think I think the court was probably like, "Wait, wait, wait, you can't. You have to give your life to the Oh. Yeah. Ooh. And then they had to like look at the rule book or something. Yeah. What's that what's that like that Star Trek phrase or whatever? Like the one that's like you you won an unwinnable situation by changing the rules. Oh god, I don't fucking know. I I don't know anything about Star Trek. I don't know either. This isn't a Star Trek spoiler cast. Tori, please. I just know it's from. Okay. Jeez, please so what, stay on track. I thought. <laughs> now back to the big question. Are we going to talk about how Robin Aaron got hot? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you went on 10 minutes for that shit. Um, so one of the other characters who is a good character, not in terms of morally, but just in terms of seeing the, the arc in who they were is Theon. Mm. Another one who I think also like portrayed oh, portrayed well because Alfie. I I think he's actually dead. Yeah. I think they actually killed him. Yeah. Cuz it'd be they knew it'd be a bigger emotional hit. 
it it really was. They want to get the real emotions from the cast and crew. Yeah, like, so they murdered him right there. They iced him in front of everyone. It 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 really was like I think he went through the probably the most dramatic like character changes in terms of like how the audience was meant to feel about him. Right. Like in any medium ever. Like no one has ever gone from like a just kind of a prick, entitled prick mm-hmm. and like whiny to yeah. like I hate this motherfucker. Yeah. Like I hate him. Good. I'm glad he's being tortured. He deserves this. But then it got so severe where it was like, oh, I kind of please I kind just, of feel, please just kill him. <laughs> like I kind of feel bad. Yeah. And then he started doing little things like little by little. Like they really took their time with him where it was yeah. like little by little you started to be like, you know what? Yeah, like I I hope he gets out of this. Maybe he dies, but has maybe a redemption or something. Yeah. But by the end, they gave him a full-blown, like, John's speech to him when they were at Dragonstone at the end of season seven Mm -hmm. was perfect. Yeah. That whole, like, you don't, like, you don't have to choose between Greyjoy and Stark. Like, you've you've lived your whole life, you say you've lived your whole life conflicted with this. Don't be conflicted. You're both. Like, I forgive you for everything I can forgive you for. Mm -hmm. You're forgiven. Go do what's right now. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to just sit and hold all of the sins you made because you paid for them. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to hold your hand either. Like, you are your own person. Go be that person and do what you think is right. And it wasn't just that they took a character, made you hate him so much for turning on Rob. And they didn't just, like kind of hurt him they didn't just kill him like they they didn't even just bring him to his knees they butchered him they butchered him and made they they made him a literal like stockholm slave it was incredible what they did with his character and and just how they were able to bring him back yeah like it was i i loved it yeah i loved theon's character i thought he got like a proper like ending with the stark pin being put on him mm-hmm. that son of a bitch hurt like watching sansa put the pin on him was just like oh god you really had to stab me one last time with him didn't ya yeah and i think i mean it it was cool that they didn't completely get rid of that part of him like it wasn't like oh now he's back and better than ever he still like had that moment when Yara was taken and he saw the people burning and being like cut up and tortured by the Greyjoy, like mm-hmm. by Euron's men that he Ramsey didn't leave him unaffected. No, like, like he had like a PTSD flashback and like he had to escape. Like, he, he like physically couldn't handle it and just like completely shut down and ran away. Yeah. And it, people were like, that's one of the things I saw people complain about when that season was on. And it's like, yo, do you, do you remember what happened to him? Yeah, it, it's it's really like a... We only saw like one one thousandth, one thousandth of what happened to him while he was being tortured, like on screen. He was tortured day in, day out for how long? Like over like, a year? Over a year. Yeah. Like he was on, he was on the, the like, he was staked to that thing for like months. Yeah. Um. God, I'm trying to think of... What what are some story points that we want to hit? Well, actually, quickly before that, I think with with Theon's arc, 
can't be it can't be denied that part of what made his arc so good was Ramsey Bolton, Ramsey Snow. God, yeah. It fuck. He was so good. What was his name? Like Ewan Rion or something? Yeah. So fucking menacing. I don't understand. They're casting directors. So, so phenomenal. But what... What drug did they give him before he was on screen? Because you, this character you hated so much, he made you think that that was a sympathetic character because he was that bad. And just, he would, he had that really good thing of like, why are you making me do this to you? He was the expert gaslighter. Yeah. And he was, I think he's the best villain that they had, just in terms of not like what he did and like his whole like grand scheme. Yeah. Like the best villain in terms of just, just evil. Yes. Like pure evil. Like you thought they nailed it with Joffrey. Like this is the most evil character that's ever existed. Yeah. And then you give that to someone who's a little bit smarter and mm-hmm. has more of like a means to do things mm-hmm. and just kind of is more so because he, he doesn't have to be king. He can just kind of do whatever. Like he takes greater joy in being horrible. Yeah. Well, it, and then to just like contrast that with John and then put them in a battle but then it really wasn't either of them won. It was just kind of like a technicality of, yeah, Sansa, Sansa thought ahead. Yeah, like, she went and got more. Yeah, she went and got more. She was the hero of this. But just those that moment where they're staring off with each other, mm-hmm. like Battle of the Bastards was just so intense, I think. Mm-hmm. Because one, it's a fantastically shot battle. Oh, yeah, but it's then incredible. Just like... The entire time, it's it's not like, oh, Bolton's versus John trying to get back his home mm-hmm. and like Sansa, like kind of pressuring John, like, no, you need to, like, we have to be in Winterfell again. It's our home. Yeah. It, it's just the like stare off between uh, Ramsey and John, just a cross, and then Ramsey doing uh, just the last cruel thing with killing Rickon. R.I.P. Rickon. <laughs> Was my favorite character, but... Gone, but not forgotten. <laughs> forgotten, but not gone, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that really was him, like, when he finally showed up. It was, oh, yeah, yeah. there's another Stark. Yeah. Forgot about him. Yeah. Yeah, you can have him. Yeah, it was like, okay, that's our least favorite Stark. Mm-hmm. Kill him. And if it was anyone but John, who's just the most morally upstanding one of the bunch. Sansa would have seen that and been like, well, no, she even did. She was like, Rickon's dead. Yeah. We have to accept that. Yeah. Like, we're not getting Rickon back. She's like, if I'm being completely honest with you, between between us, <laughs> I didn't really care. <laughs> okay, John, this is going to sound so bad, okay? But you Do you remember Rickon? Who? <laughs> John, like... Are we really that mad? Like, I know he's our brother and everything, but like, is he? Is he? Did we, did we like know him? Like, who is this guy? Right? Like, he just thinks he can be a Stark. He's not in our friend group. I haven't seen him in like eight years. I, that could just be any curly headed fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, can we verify that that's him? We have no idea. 
Ah, uh, no, they did put the dire wolf head. Do you have a, do you have a horseman's license or anything on you that I could check yeah. out quick? Do you have your birth scroll here so I can take a quick peek at that, do you, please? Do you, yeah, do you have like a stamp of approval from like a maester? From Maester Lewin? Yeah. Fuck, that was a tragic one, too. Maester Lewin? Yeah. Maester Lewin was yeah. a hard one. Yep. Because That's the thing is, like, if we're talking about the show, is that it's so focused on what character you're seeing at the time as, like, this is my person guiding me through this section of the show. This is the person guiding me through here. So I think, as we are touching on story points, it's going to revolve around this character. You know what I mean? Like, this character and their arc. And I do just love that that writing style of Mm -hmm. we as the audience only know more because we saw it through someone else's perspective, not a third person, like omnipresent. Like we don't know anything larger than what's happening in the immediate vicinity of like our characters. Yeah. Like our tour guides are the only reason that we know what's going on. So if if we were completely detached from one of those people, mm-hmm. like, we just don't know what's going on then. And even when it's, like, one of the quote-unquote detached ones where it's like, oh, someone someone saw something when that character left or they overheard that or whatever. Well, you're seeing that through Varys' eyes at that point. Yeah. If it's, like, one of the, someone who sees something and reports it, it's either Varys or Littlefinger. Mm-hmm. And you're still seeing it through their perspective. I I just love that writing style where it's not like we're showing this to you, the audience. Mm-hmm. It's more of the audience gets to they're sitting follow the these people. Yep. Yeah, we're sitting in the room. We're not like, oh, we know everything and we can yep. see how this is playing out. I love tracking just the characters, yeah. like being able to follow someone. And I think that's what makes you so attached to them is yeah, definitely because everything's everything is experienced through them and that's why like the when you see how well-rounded all the characters are Mm -hmm. too it's like it's it's jamie jamie really had like a he had quite a bit of a turn in like oh look at this fucking pretty boy yeah he's hot shit to being he was pretty he still is yeah to being so broken down and i like so let's talk about jamie and brand's sort of uh relationship right yep. relationship not like romantic relationship yeah, but just like relationship. but also but not not that yeah um because they had such a weird understanding with each other and i think it where did it exactly come from why why did they have that connection i mean it's got to be like she hated him yeah until Mm-hmm. He specifically like saved her from the Bolton men. Yeah, like, and then she saw a glimmer of like, oh, he can do nice things, and she just kind of like thanked him. But then the real one was like when she was fighting the bear, which is the objectively the weirdest thing in Game of Thrones. That was a pretty strange one. That was a very strange. It was the bear and the maiden fair. Yeah, it was. That is its own episode for sure. Yeah. Um, but then. When he finds out that they're just going to kill her, mm-hmm. then it's, no, I'm going back because as, like, this person was my captor, but showed me enough kindness and, like, I could kind of relate to them in terms of, like, 
what's expected of us versus what we are, mm-hmm. and then went back, saved her, basically flexing Tywin Lannister's name. You don't think it was a sort of inherent, like they had they had sort of an inherent kind of connection with each other. I think they like just, I think there was some there was some level of at least almost like a professional respect that each of them had from the beginning, but they were trying to like she she was I'm gonna complete my duty and I don't care. Like I think I'm he not just admired like she knew him by name as like, you know, the man without honor, right, like, oathbreaker, king slayer. Mm-hmm. And then she like once he explained it to her that like he kept an oath to the seven kingdoms, not just to that one person. Then she saw the alternate side of it, and he saw her as like, you're interesting because all of the knights I know aren't like you in terms of like, you uphold your duty to the highest like standard possible. Right, you're like, not just reckless you take, with your oaths. Yeah, like you take it upon yourself. Like you really live that life, whereas everyone else just kind of talks mm-hmm. it. Even if she knows that completing that duty is a is a bit of like a zero sum game, like she's not really going to get anything mm-hmm. from it. But it's I said I would, so I'm going to. Yeah, it's it's the kind of the same thing with John's speech in the Dragon Pit season seven. Like if people if people start lying to each other, then words mean nothing. Yeah, like then we can't speak to each other because it just means nothing. Then like yeah. if we're all lying, and I think as it progresses. Their relationship is just really, really interesting because Jamie had been vulnerable with Cersei, but also kind of not, not in the same way. He was vulnerable in the sense of, I don't care if people see us together fucking, even though we're He always kind of did, though. He always kind of did, but then... She was the one who was like, I have the power. What are they going to say? I'll kill him. But, I mean, he... He, he did push a little kid out of a window. He did push a kid out of a window, and he did push himself into her in the Sept of Baylor over Joffrey's body. Mm. They did fuck next to their dead kid. I'm just going to put just, it out I'm there. Gonna, I'm going to say gonna what put we're it out thinking there. right now. We yeah, all yeah. knew during that scene, like, yeah, they fucking next to their dead kid. Mm-hmm. Did they get him in the mix? Who knows? We, the world may never know. <laughs> it's like it's like how many looks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie pop? I don't want to. I don't want to. Th- Maybe that's why they cut it early. Is uh huh. I'm and I'm glad they did. <laughs> I that's <laughs> Rigor Mortis said in quick form his hand. <laughs> ah, oofda. Okay, um, but they like I was saying, they had this. They had such a unique understanding with each other and this respect for each other, and it did become a sort of I love you but it really can't be not until- really a romantic love but I never also saw them as like a romantic love it was just so much either, like but but I I think it was not a romantic love but it also wasn't completely divorced from romance altogether I think they did it's very it's hard to describe yeah. But I think they showed it in a really good way. They showed it in a in a good way, and I don't even know how to describe it. And I think it's because Gwendolyn Christie's acting was so top-notch. But can we agree that her, maybe the worst scream in history? <laughs> it's maybe the most obnoxious thing I've ever heard. <laughs> what? I mean, I'm sure the the crew 
like filming it was just like she's getting real in- you know what it's a great performance like let's just let her get like she's getting into this yeah yeah but i mean then it's it's just like listening to it is is kind of funny yeah because ah! it's like you're great you're great but your voice it's just your voice that i don't really i hate it uh <laughs> can we get some adr can we get someone to kind of do this over again i it it's intense it's very intense and but horrible. yeah, very good performance. But yeah, it's it's a horrible scream, but great great performance. <laughs> it's, it's blood curdling. It's like, just a nightmare to listen to. Honestly, <laughs> it's it's just it's like being stabbed in the ears repeatedly. But great performance. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh just god, just just <laughs> fantastic, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Also, so, um, oh please do do go ahead. <laughs> well, we're just taking a quick derail to point out things that are funny in the show. Um, how when in the early episodes when they're setting everything up and and how some of the exposition is so seamlessly slotted in there and some of it is like when Jamie walks up to Cersei as uh um John Aaron's laying on the bed dead with the rocks mm-hmm. over his eyes and he walks up and goes as your brother i feel it's my duty to tell you you need to stop worrying so much it's like ooh do you just walk up and say as your brother really yeah <laughs> but then there's other ones where like the king arrives with his whole party in the north, and the first thing That's he wants Jamie to do Lannister. is Jamie Lannister. That's the queen's brother. There's like that immediately followed by, uh, "Come on, Ned, I want to go to the crypts and pay my respects." And then you see Cersei like, "Do you have to? We just arrived here. We've been on the road." And he and then he just walks past her, and it's like, "Oh, something's something's, something's up." Serious. And then you find out what it is, and it's like, "Oh, they didn't just." knock you over the head with it right away it was like that was like really well placed in there yeah god like the importance that liana had throughout the entire series it was like a massive ripple yeah it well i mean they they introduced that so well like i think i think that's what i'm going to like just remember the show for is like introducing things so well I know exactly what you're about asterisk, to say. Except for Ed Sheeran. Also, asterisk, except for Euron. Euron and Ed Sheeran are the asterisks. Oh, when Euron's just like, I'm here, brother. <laughs> I'm here to fuck the queen. Oh, that part. Everything. Everything about Euron. You is, don't like Euron? I fucking hate Euron. He looks like a rejected member of Imagine Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say it. But he was so, like, I... I'm gonna put a baby in you. I liked, I liked the the way he portrayed that. That, like, what a good way for him to die. All of his lines are just, I'm gonna do this. Yeah. Like, he just says it out loud. But he's just the guy who, like, I want to do shit I've never done and I want to be known for it. Yeah, but I fucking hate Euron. That's the one thing. I think the actor did a great job with him. I it looks like you just hate everything about it. I hate everything about Euron. Um well that's not that's not at all what I thought you were gonna go with next. I thought you were gonna go into the fact that turns out the opening shot and scene of the entire show ended up being way more important than anyone thought it was gonna be. Do you mean opening shot as in the the Night's Watch Rangers in the in the forest? Or? Yeah, opening the entire show with a scene with the White Walkers. And then not fucking touching it for like 
two more seasons. Yeah, like they That's dabbled bold. their toes in there. Like they dipped their toes in that, but that, in that is creamy, creamy water. Creamy water, what? That but, is bold <laughs> as shit to yeah. open your series with something that won't make sense ever, really. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's... It, it does make sense, but it makes sense once you're way more invested. Yeah. Because if I hadn't been really, like, wanting to watch a show, I could see how that scene might have initially been a turnoff because I don't like zombies. Yeah. I don't care about zombie stuff. And I know, I, for instance, my brother just started watching it, and he said his girlfriend tapped out after that scene and was like, oh, fuck this. Zombies. And it's like, yeah. You really take for granted, like, if you're not into it, like, how, mm-hmm. especially, like, just opening with that. And like, then it's, when it makes... And, and like, just the way we're kind of, like, programmed recently with how we consume our media yeah. in terms of, like, we got to have that instant payoff. Like we saw with season eight, if there was not payoff for something, by the end of that episode, that was a large complaint. And it's like, hey, this is a serialized media. Yeah. Like, we could have something for that next episode yeah more often than not we did it's yeah it's like this is meant to be consumed as an entire season and then now as an entire series yeah so you see that and they you know they touch on it they talk about it like like the boogeyman type of thing they show the fucking li- boogeyman <laughs> they show little bits here and there but they don't wait to bring that major force in until you're invested in a large part of the ensemble yeah until like they they don't they don't really make it anything almost until hard home like yeah like they th- i mean they do a little bit but like you said they dabble yeah like you see them walk past sam like mm-hmm. you see them you don't see them you see what they leave like you mm-hmm. saw at the fist of the first men, how they had like arranged parts of the corpses and the horses and everything. And then you see one go after Sam. Yeah. And then you don't really get any idea of who they are. Even when like Craster puts a baby out and then they take the baby. And then that's right. the first glimpse you get of the night King is like going up to him and that wasn't the night touching game. the baby. Oh, oh yeah, that part was. Yeah, that one. So like, you don't get any glimpse of it. Even then, like, if you didn't know what what it was kind of leading to or anything, like mm-hmm. if you weren't kind of digging into like the lore mm-hmm. of it, like I can see where that would be. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, and, and, and like, just being kind of annoying. That it's like zombie stuff or whatever, but. Yeah, it, that, it, it is crazy how that ended up being, like, the thing by the end. When you're, all of a sudden, hard home happens, raises his arms, and you're like, oh, fuck. It isn't just, oh, they're here, burn them quick. Oh, he got one guy, but we burned him. He's gone. I mean, and, like, it ended up being the kind of main thing. Like, that's the yeah. reason everyone was brought together, and then Cersei was kind of the fallout of that, like... Kind yeah. of like in the immediate aftermath of it. Mm-hmm. But like the Night King, super OP, and then got <laughs> and then got nerfed like right at the end there. Yeah. Just hardcore nerfed. Well, he had always been like vulnerable to. I just wish we would have gotten one scene where the Night King like 
1v1 someone. Like, and it wouldn't make sense because, like, if you kill him, then you kill everyone. Like, he would never put himself in that danger. Yeah. I just kind of wanted to see it. Yeah, you wanted to see him go at it Soul Calibur 2 style? cool-ass ice blade? <laughs> Fuck yes, his ancient-looking ice blade? Yeah, it would have been I, cool. I wanted to see him go after someone. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been like, cool. Like, even if it was just, like, a quick, like... I think the only person we see him kill is the three-eyed raven. I think it's it. And other dragon. Yeah, other than Viserys. Yeah, does Dragon he? doesn't... I mean, I, I, I don't think Viserys counts as, like, a person. No. Like, the only person we see him kill is the three-eyed raven. Do we see him kill that... Am I just blanking on the scene where he does that? Yeah, he, like, takes the thing and, like, slashes oh, him. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But that's it. Yeah. So, Shit. like, he was always super mysterious, and then even to the end, he was mysterious. I kind of like that we didn't get any fucking explanation oh, yeah, on him. yeah, because that's what made him... It's You don't want to know more. Yeah. Like you, you might think you want to know more. You don't. You maybe want to know about like his lore, like the history of how he came to be. But it's like, at least he didn't fucking talk or something. Yeah, at least he wasn't like, Bran! Yeah. Huh? <laughs> oh my. Bran. He speaks oh in Dan- He speaks in Danny DeVito's voice. Bran! I'm here to kill ya. <laughs> hey, Bran. I found this sword in the trash. <laughs> how did you uh, how did you feel about the the Arya thing? Did that bug you? About Arya killing the Night King? Yeah. No. Then I thought me. I thought it was the dopest shit. Yeah. That was the dopest fucking shit ever. Yeah. When she when she pulled that right out of her hat. Cuz that was in season 7 you'd seen her training with Brienne. Mm-hmm. And when she was doing, you know, she was fighting with Needle or whatever, and then she pulled out the knife. And then does the exact like, move, and yeah. then they get, they get at each other's necks. But yeah, just, it was, it felt very satisfying mm-hmm. that it was Arya that got to do it. Like, yeah, I know we all wanted to see John 1v1 the Night King. Right. But. But it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Because. I'm I'm guessing that the Night King saw John as way too big of a threat. Like the Night King watched John kill one of his commanders yeah. in like the one-on-one combat with Longclaw, mm-hmm. which was the most hype I've ever been at any TV. When moment. the blades collided and you hear that yeah. ding, <laughs> and it like, like when that happens and he finally gets, I thought that was the end. Like yeah. every. Every episode of Game of Thrones was essentially me prepping myself for like, okay, they're gonna they're gonna kill John, and I gotta be ready for it. Yeah. And then when it happened, I was like, I w- I wasn't ready. Yeah. Like I thought we were gonna, they were just leading me to believe that he was going places, and, and then they, they throw snuffed, that shit at me. Just snuffed him right out. But it it was so just interesting to to like look at the the walkers as like these otherworldly threat Mm -hmm. and then you're following this character that you're just assuming is gonna die at every corner because of how they treat everyone before him like really Jon Snow was like the last like you know like major major character death kind Mm -hmm. of thing like you know you had like Rob Stark you had Ned Stark you had Stannis 
Like, but even by the end, Stannis was like, yeah, we just got to get you out of the way. Yeah. But like that one just hit different. And like during that episode of hard home where you're sure it's the end of him and like the end of the wildlings and everything. And then, Oh God, like what are they going to do when he's gone? Runs like just crawls out, grab long claw and then just turn around with it. And there's that sing, and it's just, and it dinged for like just long enough where it, I I remember watching that and like jumping out of the couch yeah. and like running laps around my living room because yeah. it was so perfect. Yeah. And then it was over quickly after that. Like then it was just like one, two, kill him. And it yep. was just oh, so satisfying because then it was like it was the added bonus of like, okay, one, we know long claws Valyrian steel. And we know Valyrian steel can kill walkers now. Yep. Because that was when we learned that. Yeah. Because that's when you're like, ah, oh, fuck, he's Because we, dra- we knew Dragonglass could do it. Mm-hmm. And we kind of had hints that, like, Dragonglass and Obsidian might be similar. And then once we get that confirmation of, like, I love the way they did it, too. Like, they didn't just outright say in that moment, like... <gasps> Valyrian steel kills White Walkers. Like, it was just that implied, like, if you weren't invested in it, you might have just been like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, why did no one do this before? Yeah. But when you're invested so heavily and then you have that realization, then after that episode, you're like, okay, I know Brienne has a Valyrian steel sword. I know Jamie has a Valyrian steel right. sword. You start like, like, it's like one dot and then all the other things like, oh shit. And then so, you can kind of start seeing what George R.R. R. Martin was like setting up. Yeah. Like with all the intricate little things of, that's that's what I love the most about Game of Thrones is all the intricate little details of how, how people come to be like in possession of an item or mm-hmm. how people come to be in the company of each other mm-hmm. or then you start like, those have bigger implications in the yeah, end. And I think definitely. everything like wrapped up nicely with like everyone's little implications like went somewhere. Yeah, they kinda they kinda got settled. And that that goes back to why I rewatch every season before the new season airs is because there are so many little things and you know, I might forget this one line, so I want to be fresh on it because that one little line they said that seemingly just was another another thing they said could come back and be the thing that changes the game and you you learn so much more when you're not when you know what's going to happen right like when you're not so tense right like then you can just watch and and see what happens yeah so how did you feel about um crossing like on the other side of the narrow sea how did you feel about danny and her her kind of whole thing because we haven't we haven't talked a lot about danny and like that that ss yeah well i mean because she was the she was the only one in Essos. Like we never get another view of it's, Essos. Yeah, it was just it was just like six seasons of her just like is someone else here? Is someone else here? Please. She was the only one. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Um I loved following Danny. Like she she was absolutely one of my favorites like to follow along with because she was a different part of the world that no one else got to see and no one else that cared was, about. That was like a huge factor as to why she was so interesting. Yeah, and and plus like she was like the only 
magical character. Like she had yeah. dragons, like she woke three dragons out of stone. And like, I loved the, like the building that Daenerys did the entire time. Like she started out being sold and she then was like she kind of like huge ramp the entire yeah. series. Yeah. She was a huge fucking ramp because it was just like, she was like started at the bottom of the barrel, like not really bottom of the barrel because she's still a Targaryen, but the one of two remaining Targaryens being sold off to slavery. And even her brother, like who they should have been in it together said, I'd let all 40,000 men and their horses. Fuck you. If it were to get what I want. Yeah. Because he, they so both were just so obsessed with the throne. She had to let her creepy brother just rub his finger over her nipple in on camera. <laughs> it was really uncomfortable for everyone watching. Yeah, it was really. Once you realize. And he said he looked her, his sister in the eye and said, you have a woman's body now. If I wait, I don't have a sister. If anyone who has a sister were to do that, if you were to do that, Tyler, you'd be arrested by the police. <laughs> Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, and you would you would own it. I I would I would hope that I'd be arrested if so I ever did something like that. We immediately see her like that stuff happened to her and we're we're like And then she starts gaining the respect of then she not, starts lifting. Not the, <laughs> she hits a crisp one seventy five, <laughs> and she's the perfect weight. The perfect weight to beat the shit out of some people. The perfect weight to beat the shit out of anyone. That's it. Anyone. Um <laughs> Oh, no, boy. like she she doesn't gain the respect of the Dothraki, but she gains the respect of the call. And then through that, like she loses the respect of the people initially when the call dies, then they kind of like try to abandon her almost. Mm -hmm. But like she was loved when she was eating the horse heart. I th well, like, yeah, well, she was her. with him. She had the respect because he commanded the respect and he showed he showed her how to be powerful. Yeah. And then and have strength and be she be was your, briefly be not respected because the whole witch thing like and then she was stopping the Dothraki from, you know, their whole pillaging thing, which is their thing. Like you can't just come in here and tell us what to do. Like, this is our thing. We do this yeah. every Tuesday. It's like our bowling night. Yeah. Um, We're out with the boys. Leave us alone, babe. Exactly. And then, um, then like, once they see that, like, sh she fucking walked into a fire and nothing happened. What the fuck? Yeah. And then. Well, that's when she's, they looked at her as, like, you are like a god figure. Yeah. You at you have like ascended. But then even then, like start season two, she's on her way to Karth, and then she's no one. Like she has the respect of the people that saw her do that. Right. But that's it. Like she gets to Karth and it's like, okay, well, if we leave you here, you're dead. So Yeah. So we good. Yeah. Like we don't need to do shit for you. Yeah. Like you don't like your dragons are babies. They're not going to do anything. She's she gets underestimated at about every step up until like the very end. I mean, it's higher stakes underestimating, but yeah, like so like there were you, small you'll ones, die if I leave you. like in like in Karth where she said like I'll return and I'll burn your cities to the ground, and they were like, mm, don't think so because because you'll die. if we leave you out here, you're dead. Right. And then, then she starts going through Slaver's Bay, and, like, when she initially gets the Dothraki, like, 
what was so incredible about her is that like everything she set her mind to happened. Like there was not a moment that was like, mm, yeah, I guess that's fine. If we, if I don't get this, it was like, nope, I need soldiers. I need ships. I need my dragons to grow up a little bit. And it was literally like what everything, even if they were like, that's not the smart thing to do here. I, and then at the last second, she'd be like, no, I want it, so I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And and I know there were so many complaints about her from season eight, but let's just ignore those because they're all dumb. Um, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure we could disprove a lot of it or, or discount any of those complaints. Because, like, they did build her up in that way where she believed she was a god and you also believed she was a god. That's the thing is in in the last episode when Tyrion's imprisoned and he's talking with John and he gives that speech about every, how could she not believe that yeah, she was destined? Every time she did this, she killed like how many people she slaughtered and we all cheered for her because who could argue they were bad men. And every time we cheered her on, she became more and more sure that every move she made was correct, was just and was right. And then her her speech about like, well, how do we how do we choose who's right and who's wrong? Like, what what about these people? Like, they don't get a choice. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. I do the decision making. Right. That's kind of my thing. Yeah. And so, right there, everything about her character changing. No, it didn't. It just became visible it just became visible because it was no it was, longer it was across an arrow sea abstract different away from all the people and that's what loved. was so perfect about it is right. because before it was away from everyone so there was no harm in it right but now it's like this has impacts on the people that i like so right. now i'm worried that's not a bad character that's a good character that makes you worried that like oh shit now this has impacts like that's that's so wonderfully crafted that like over where she's disconnected from everyone, low stakes. But now you bring that exact same mentality into already established people who have never met her, then it's like, oh, fuck. Now I'm seeing where this could go south. And it was every every time she made a move, she always started off with good intentions and just intentions. And sometimes it got really brutal and she would kill people and everything. But even up until the end... She still thought, what I'm doing, this is better for everyone. I'm going to liberate the world under my rule. Mm -hmm. And everyone else just saw it as like, oh, no, no one ever she has was, been able to stop her yet. She was such a good, like, not as dramatic of, like, kind of like a character change as, like, Theon went through. No. Not nearly as dramatic, but a, a just a really well done character mm -hmm. in terms of like, we all love her and we're all rooting for her. But then once we see the implications of what that could have in our, our world that we already had over here, that we were more connected to, then we were worried. And then we started to see her like kind of change as she had to adapt to the new world that she thought would fully accept her. Yeah. But then, because even Realized. though she, she had said stuff around the uh, around the quote of like, my brother said that they people were sewing secret flags in our honor or stuff like that, but mm -hmm. I'm I never believed that. I think she kind of did. Like I think yeah. at the bottom she was always kind of like, well, people are 
gonna love me. Like people love me here. I'm I'm Misa. I'm the savior. I'm the yeah. People Queen of Marine. will love me. Like they might not be stitching Targaryen flags, but they will love me. Yeah. And then I I just I just thought she was so so well done in terms of portrayal and just how in terms of outfits. Just god goddamn. Like I didn't. I was not a fan of the white and red coat. Really. I was not a fan of the white and red coat. Okay. I was a fan of Sansa's like shoulder blades mm-hmm. and like the like weird like plated cuts. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Like those costume designs. I know. They're so sh- cool. They were so fucking cool. Yeah, they were. Um but um yeah, I ju- I just can't understand someone being like well, this totally ruins da- like Daenerys's char- character arc was for nothing, or like this this means nothing. And it's like no, like it was an integral part to the story. Like that we watched her do this and loved it, and now we watch her do it, and we're like, Ugh, but <laughs> not here, not here. though. <laughs> no, don't do it here, please. Don't do it here, please. Um, go. It was honestly, it was the dopest shit when you crucified all those people like that was pretty dope but not here please (laughs) not here this is where my friends are yeah (laughs) i didn't mind when it was not my friends but when it's my friends so my main question to do with daenerys's arc just has to be do the dragons shit and why are there why did they cut those scenes that i fucking know exist all right we only saw one person shit in Game of Thrones. And it was, and it was Tywin Lannister. Tywin Lannister, yeah. And I know that gold came out of his rectum. Why'd you cut so much pooping, HBO? Why? D&D. Why was there no pooping? There could have been way more pooping scenes. You Thanks, spent like, D&D. You spent like five minutes of Sam cleaning up a puke. I guess there was poop there. But there could have been more poop. I didn't just want old Maester poop. I wanted... <laughs> I wanted all, all I flavors wanted all, of... Um, <laughs> I wanted all flavors of poop. I wanted all 32 flavors of that sweet, sweet, good stuff. I, If we could get a recut of Game of Thrones with more poop, I'd like it more. Yeah. The one thing I do wish, like, I'm, I'm always very conflicted when I think about this with mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, is I loved this idea of a fantasy where it's, Game of Thrones is fantasy, but it's, mildly fantasy mm-hmm. like the world is very fantasy but like the show that you follow is very character driven it's very character based that's it, it's almost become a meme to describe it to like someone who doesn't watch it that way like when i was trying to get my brother to watch it and, and i had to just try to describe it i was like it's kind of that ben wyatt quote where it's yeah. like no it's a fantasy show like or it's a grounded show in a fantasy setting or whatever you know what i mean like yeah it's it's kind of like a meme like no it's about the characters yeah i know it's over but that's literally what it is it's like, like it's the most grounded show and the best thing i've been able to try and describe it as is it's like it's house of cards but good but medieval yeah it's house but of good Ca- house of cards was, was good house of cards had like three good seasons let's just sidetrack this into like the house of cards suppose so what do you think of season one uh Kevin Spacey's a literal rapist. <laughs> That's yeah. Literal rapist Kevin Spacey. Um we just got to get that out. I mean, we got we all got to live with it, okay? Kevin Spacey's a literal rapist should probably go to jail. Um but didn't have Ed Sheeran in it. Didn't have Ed Sheeran. Ding. 
They get a point. <laughs> Score one for the home team. <laughs> um, no, like it. I I'm always conflicted when I think about it because I I love how kind of like grounded the show was and how it was very like you know they're in that setting but like the story is applicable in any setting and in any time period yeah like i just but there's always a part of me that's like i would have liked to have seen more magical things oh really okay like what i don't know just more of the magic side of the world like we got a little bit of the children of the forest I would have liked, you know, kind of like some exploration into like old magics and like where they might have come from. Okay. Or like the weirwood trees, like, and the faces they have carved on them. See, I never, I never felt that way. I, I, see, I want that little bit more magical aspect. Yeah. Just because like, in terms of like magical, like, TV things or like any media, like you kind of really only got Harry Potter, and that's dumb British school kid magic. I'm sure there's like two dozen CW shows that oh, are about. Oh, fuck off. I don't give a fuck about any CW show. Like, what about The Arrow? What about The Shoot Man? Yeah. Like, I, I would have just liked to see some more magical things but that's what i'm really excited about like all the spinoff shows for is because i i don't want just magical stuff i want the westeros version of magic like i want the george rr R. martin right magical I think, I think that's what it is it's like that... not tolkien magical like where everything is fucking like eagles but <laughs> everything is fucking eagles <laughs> i've literally everyone they can't get enough of that shit um i think Part of it goes back to when we were talking about Everything the Night Everything is King. fucking Eagles, literally. Eiffel, band name I call it. All right. I concede that one to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not pleased about it, but it's, it, alas, it is yours. You have to respect I've, it. I've bent the knee. Um, I think it goes back to when we were talking about the Night King and how he was very cool because he was mysterious and you didn't know a ton about him, but you kept getting like, oh, there's a little bit we yeah, can I cling want, on to. I don't want like... In deep, like in depth, like uh, explanations of it. Like I just want you want to see like more practical uses of it. Almost I, like you want to yeah, see like, it being utilized more in the world. I want to see. I want to see like kind of the impact it has, or like the lack thereof, or like just a little bit more. Like, like just edge me a little bit more with that magical. God, tease shit. me, George. Yeah, like just tease me a little bit with the magic. I feel like it's good to point out now however fucking far we are into this that uh we did not read the books so there could be a lot more explanation in the books but that being said i did start listening to the second one and cool books too oh cool books, books so, too. so cool i books. assume you did go do the first one yeah okay so like you're, you're, i you're listened yeah i'm gonna get through it but i have consumed so much in terms of like exterior media surrounding the world of Westeros. Right. Where there is more of an explanation of magic, but it's still like because it's that first person perspective and no one of those characters is the like themselves magical really. Yeah. Like it's mostly like stories of it. And that's what I love is like hearing the like 
built in stories of Westeros where like people like townsfolk will talk about the tale of like when the Targaryens first came and conquered like mm-hmm. like but yeah. they're almost good because they've been so twisted in folklore that it's like that's what, what I think is, is cool. real like, that goes along with the world building is like it's 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 like that old that old writing thing done in like the most perfect way in in the show and then from from just like the exterior media I've consumed about the books and stuff like that it's that it's built up and it's it seems more interesting because you're not you're not just being told or being shown like look here's all the power it has you hear about it through stories and folklore and yeah. mythology within the actual context of that world like that how, makes it stand out as how like, like so the northerners are very suspicious like old nan when we have her in the show like mm-hmm. telling the story about like the longest winter to bran yeah. like like it's the, a horror story yeah it's it's a, it's a horror story and like the rat king and mm-hmm. everything like yeah that shit is so good because it's not like oh this is a true thing let's do a flashback to a thing that happened it's like it became a story within mm-hmm. Westeros. So it's mostly like the story of this continent. Right. And it even with the White Walkers, it's like what... I mean, the entire show is just a story. It yeah. is just a story being retold by the Maesters. Like, that's what the books are. And then that's what the show is as well. Um, I want Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, it just copied Lord of the Rings uh, by just it was being a book. Oh, D and D suck. Um, what another thing about the building of the world that I think is so cool is that there are so many smaller side characters that you just never thought you could love, and it's like an unironic kind of love. It's not like oh, I love that guy in that in SpongeBob that says my leg. Because it's funny, it's like a meme or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? It's yeah. Like, there like, are, you, like you grow to you grow to really get connected to um, Missandei and Davos, and I mean Davos takes on a much bigger role later on. But like um, Varys and Littlefinger, who both have some some bigger parts, but they're all in all, very they're, they're small. They're, they're they're tugged back, and the the fact that they can draw emotion from me like that is is crazy because like i loved varus mm. and i thought that for being a side character who's like oh you're the master of whispers he knows that when he's been a fucking asshole but he's always looking at the bigger picture and mm-hmm. he's really good at it yeah i it's interesting because like i can't think of anything else like uh, it is a very game of thrones specific thing is like yeah. what other show has this kind of like ensemble that you can grow connected to any, like someone who's been on the screen for like a collective five minutes, but they might be talked about or what other like media can do that where it's like, Oh, I really like this obscure side character because, and not for like like a ha ha. It's funny because it's funny to say that's my favorite character. Except Sir Pounce. Sir Pounce, that's fully acceptable to say you love him. Yeah, because everyone loves Sir Pounce. Yeah, yeah, he's a good boy. But like, uh, Loris Tyrell, not a main character at all. But then you can like sympathize with him, and then you can see where his main conflict is, and Mm -hmm. then you can see where like 
his main conflict, like, completely fucks him over in the end because of this religious persecution. Yeah. Like, that's a weird side story that really doesn't have, like, a huge effect on what Daenerys is doing at all. Mm -hmm. It doesn't affect it at all. But you you can say that, like... Yeah, I really liked the character of Loris. Yeah. Because there was just enough there and there's enough where it's talked about where, like, no other media has that ensemble no. that you can just, like, pick and choose from. No. And ones that are so... It's it's how well they're fleshed out and how well they're interconnected with each other. Mm-hmm. But also, I think it's just that they are... They created people. Yeah. These are just, like, fully fleshed out people. Yeah. They just created people. Those people exist now. Lurs now, it's a crossover with with Westworld. They created... That's for Westworld 3, yeah. Yeah, that's for, for Westworld 3. Yeah, Westworld 3. Well, we can just call it Westworld 3. Yeah, W3. But in uh, WW3. WW3. <laughs> Trade, here's the trademark thing. US government. <laughs> if, you flip, <laughs> if you flip the 3, it becomes an extra W. What does it mean? Um, this is just our HBO spoiler cast <laughs> for all of HBO. Westworld um, season two kind of sucked. Now I feel like we didn't even touch on uh, any of like. Yeah, that's where I was. I wanted to expand that outward into the. Um, just kind of like how this changes the media landscape because now there is such a big push where like I don't want to see like a movie every two, three years, and that's just two hours. Like, that's just not enough. Like, I want serialized media so I can have more of it more frequently. But then there's also the problem of HBO was, like, the first show to get, you know, movie budget but still have to condense that into they have a crazy fucking schedule. So, yeah, so here's the thing. It's like... There's a lot of television shows and there's, you know, there's a lot of good television shows and that's kind of changing, but nothing has ever done this. No, no, this, this is like the first of its kind where it is, it's got such a huge budget, such a huge following, like. And even when it didn't have a, much of a budget, you didn't know because they were so skillful about crafting it to be that, that whole thing of like it's what's in the frame that counts. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I remember watching something with the director of the scene when Ned gets beheaded and it was, he was like, yeah, this is back when we had zero budget at all. And the set pretty much consists of this brick wall in Malta and these four flags, but they, the way they capture everything in the frame, you don't realize that they don't have a budget and they brought you into the world. And as it got bigger and bigger and bigger, it got so much better. The world came, the world became more believable and it, it, it's like, I don't, I don't want, I don't just want another TV show. I want it. I want more of this in the, whatever this is, but I, but I also don't know what else needs it. John Wick. John Wick could really use a bigger budget. John Hollywood. Yeah. Um, no, like I, I can't think of another thing that, that needs this budget, but then you could also say like, think of how they did every medieval thing before. Like, did they need a big budget? Like, I mean, I suppose it was kind of, 
it was kind of like how Lord of the Rings changed the game too. Yeah. Because it was like, well, we're going into this world. We need the budget to m- realize it. And it paid off. And this was the first television series to shoot up to this level. That and like, I just can't get over. They they made 10 movies every single year. Yeah. Like with the locations they had to do, with the budget they used, with the amount of cast and crew that they needed. Yeah. Like the entire production value behind it, like wardrobe, stunt coordinators. Cast even. Like, yeah, just extras yeah. and the the fucking prosthetics department and and having however many visual effects teams i mean it obviously scaled up but like they had render a fucking dragon the best looking dragon that's ever been that the cgi in that in game of thrones is better than pretty much every movie i've ever seen the uh, drogon season eight is a fucking masterpiece it's uh, unparalleled yeah like I, I can't think, like, in my head now, when I think of Dragon, that is it. It is yeah. Drogon. Yeah. Like, there, there's nothing else. Technically, he's a wyvern. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, you dork. Shut up, you fucking dorks. You as nerd. we speak on our Game of Thrones spoiler cast. But we're cool. In your basement. But we're With cool. Game of Thrones banners and a master sword behind us. All also, right. a little replica Iron Throne. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also, this is a beer that I got from the hotel where the cast stayed in Northern Ireland while they were filming at, at Winterfell. Oh, world traveler. Yeah, I just I just wanted to point out that I'd been just to the set and seen seen a lot. Titanic of Studios. Uh, no, no, the look, the actual location. Well, I mean, you went to Belfast, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I did also, you go in the studio? Yes, I have a photo of Titanic Studios, Tyler. I didn't get to go in it because they were filming. <laughs> So I didn't get to see it, but I did get to go up in the Titanic Museum and peer down into it. Kit Harrington like looked. Up, he looks. Gave you the yeah, eyes. He, he was about he was about half a mile away, but he made direct eye contact with me, and I can say that because no one can prove me wrong. So, does this change the the media outlook now? On, hey, we should be giving shows more budget because they can look like this now, or what shows need this budget or what deserves it, and like. Are we going to be getting more, like, kind of diverse media in this aspect of, like, who would have thought that a medieval fantasy would take off in this way? Yes and no. So here's here's what I think is going to happen. I don't think – I think there's going to be a lot of people trying to go with, oh, people love medieval fantasy now. But that's – I don't think that's what it was. I think no. I think they had a good setting and they did it really well. But I don't think it was – the fact that everyone was just just was horny for that medieval was fantasy, horny for swords. But we see a although, lot. Although, although we are horny for swords. Hell yes, we are. That is a known fact. That's a no, yeah. That is <laughs> swing sword watch. <laughs> We're um, crossing media platforms here. <clears throat> it's that they realized a world so fully and to to such a detailed level that. People were invested and completely transported. I think it had something for everyone, too. Like, yeah. if you like medieval fantasies, it's a great world. If you like character dramas, this is a great character drama. If you like action, plenty of action. Yep. Like, it really is all-encompassing. So it's it's not like watching, like, I mean, I know I might get shit for this, but like, it's not like Breaking Bad where it's kind of like one or two things. 
like right like oh drama that you know went there yeah. this this does everything and i think a lot of companies right now are seeing that and they're focusing on the wrong things and the examples i'm going to use are of course amazon putting a billion into five seasons of a lord of the rings series they quickly put a billion in that yeah well it's a drop in the bucket for bezos yeah the bezos Fuck. bucket he puts Fuck, bezos he has, bucks in the bezos bucket oh he has so much money <laughs> he's got no so, one should have that much money he sneezed on a one dollar bill it was easily worth a billion at that point and they just handed that to some guy and he was like i got the crew the other example i'm going to use is going to be the netflix uh series based off the witcher novels which they're like okay well lord of the rings is a big series Song of Ice and Fire was a big series. What's the other big series? Oh, I, I guess we'll go, we'll go to this obscure Polish one that didn't ever get big outside of Poland, except for the one very popular video game. The I know one. there were three of them, the but only one of them was extremely popular. Only one of them was extremely popular, so that seems like a fucking long shot, because A Song of Ice and Fire already had a dedicated following, and it had mass appeal, like in terms of... There's a lot of aspects of this show. Are you saying because it's it's basically a porn? If you yes. say that, you're a piece of shit. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and make that bold statement. But they're focusing on the wrong aspects of going. Oh well, we need to find the next fantasy that people are gonna dive into. Now yeah, it's not I've that heard, it was a fantasy. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's more of like it had something for everyone. And it was so great as, like, a character-driven show that you were deeply invested. And it was that they did take the time, the dedication, and focused on the details, and they they really transported you. And you, it's not that they transported you to a fantasy world. It's that they were able to put you somewhere else. Yeah, it's and that's, that's all that media is, is just right. putting you into another place and saying, be in our world for an hour here and just kind of like envelop yourself in this thing. And that's why I and think it's so believable too. Right. And that's why I want the, I want someone to be able to look at this and go and, and understand that part and not just go, okay, well what fantasy world should we recreate now? And like, hopefully we'll get a big budget for it. I want them to look at something and go, what did no one think could be done? Cause that was, I mean, I guess it happened with the Lord that of the Rings. That was a books, huge task. But that was a huge thing to, because George R. R. Martin was like, okay, well, like, if this is going to happen, you have to do it right. Yeah. Like, you really have to do it with, you have to take every world consideration into this because I didn't craft this for, for no reason. And that's why he like, was very, if, he had plenty of movie deals offered to him in the past. And that's why he decided to not take them and go with this. And they did a fantastic If you tried to job. put that into a fucking movie, Right. Jesus fuck. It would have been a terrible movie. Yeah. See Aragorn. You mean Aragon? Hollywood, Hollywood Aragon. 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 Aragorn is from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Now, I want someone to Are you to, quizzing me on my fantasy knowledge? Yeah, what was what's Strider? Damn it. You're so good. But what if Elrond? Elrond Hubbard. <laughs> the best fantasy ever yeah. written. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's the Tom Cruise wants to know your location. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Did you know he does he he does his own stunts? Yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't give a fuck either. <laughs> okay. He's still Tom fucking Cruise. He's got a crooked tooth. But 
a weird thing. To yeah, but he's short and I'm 175. Yeah, he's short and I'm 175. Come at me, Tom Cruise. I'll kick your fucking ass. I weigh 175 pounds. Tub, tub. I want to see someone find a world that no one thought could be realized like this before and really, really take that budget, take that trust and be able to do something special with it like this. Hear me out. God damn it, Tyler. I swear to God. I'm not joking. Okay. I'm not joking. I genuinely believe the next big media thing could be John Wick because it's got enough of like a a weird lived-in world and it allows you, like Game of Thrones, to just completely suspend all disbelief for the amount of time that they give you and you're just in it. And then it's, wow, that like captivated me for that time. Like it's captivating in that same sense. So like it it's not in that same sense, not even a little bit in that same sense, but like it's captivating where it draws you in and it allows you to live in that world. And like, it doesn't try and take you out of it. Like it, it completely keeps you there. And it's mostly to show that, like, it doesn't need to be a specific thing. Like, John Wick could be that thing. Couldn't be fucking any closer to Game of Thrones. Like, there are... I see what you I see what you mean in terms of, like, it. yes, it's a very, very different thing, but you can still see how they created a believable world, and that's what's important about it. Not, not that it's a fantasy medieval world. Yeah, it's, it's... You can put it in any setting, but as long... It, it just comes down to, like... Can you make me care enough about this thing? And can you make me live in your world for the amount of time that you give me? And then I I, I can't even think of any other franchise currently other than Star Wars. I do love my Star Wars. Yeah, but yeah. That's already yes. like, that's a movie. So that's though. a good comparison though, yeah. Um, but. And I'm thinking more in terms of like TV. Because I think it's just clear that, like, we are shifting I think to Star TV Wars now. could have been a fantastic television series if it had been budgeted the same way Game of Thrones was. You know what I mean? There's enough to go on there. But that's what, that's what we're talking about, I think, is just kind of that. I don't want to go like off on, a, like, let's talk about all of our favorite series. Yeah, like <laughs> a, a television series. Like, we are moving towards, well, not television, like streaming like we are moving towards serialized streaming media mm-hmm. like we have netflix hulu amazon like everyone's putting out their own originals like everyone's trying to win the originals game yeah so it's we're getting serialized media we're not getting like you know we're going to a theater and seeing this anymore it's like who can who can win the Iron Throne of the yeah. TV universe? Yeah. Like, who's going to come out Who can capture the dog? zeitgeist in the same way? It'll be interesting to see because... this is because the most popular series ever made. Game of Thrones changed television. Yeah. And, I mean... Just full stop. It wasn't even, like, television, technically, because it's... It's HBO. It's HBO. But, I mean, because that, that explains why it's not... It, like, that finale that's was why the highest off. episode, but it wasn't the highest finale ever viewed you know that's going to go to like seinfeld or whatever yeah because anyone could watch it yeah and but it's allowing like i think it's also allowing the creative freedom because when you have a show that can 
pretty much do fucking whatever, and then they can completely, like, send you on a tailspin in, like, another direction, or, like, catch you with something out of the blue, or do a bold thing that no other television... Like, you think, oh, why hasn't this been done before in a television series? Like, why has no one done this before? There were only networks. Like, you couldn't do that shit, because they have strict rules, and then fucking execs will come down hard on, like... This character is a cash grab. We want to keep them around. So, like, right. like Daryl with The Walking Dead. Like, it's a cash grab. Yeah. Like, that's all it is. Yeah. It's like they had nothing for him to do, basically, seasons five through eight. Mm-hmm. So it was like, well, we keep him around because he's a fan favorite. We have nothing for him to do. We, we can't justify him being here. Right. I want stuff that's going to be, like, we're primed now because this changed it where it's like, we are, like, telling this story i know it's based off the books and i know people get so upset when it when the seasons went off book because there were no more books but they changed the game in the stories that could be told and going i'm staying true to my vision and i'm not worried just purely about well this is a fan favorite we got to keep them so we don't lose any of our fans they fucking went there and i think people loved it and they really clung on to it and with game of thrones laying the pavement for this and with how the media is changing in terms of Netflix originals and Amazon originals and HBO. I think there's more creative freedom to go to those places. There's more creative freedom for that. And there's more of a more of a craving for it than ever to be really like, holy shit. Like, we need to have another moment like Sir Illin bring me his head. Yeah. And we, we need to have like the the creative vision of like the creators guiding it. Not just yeah. like a network saying, well, we got to hit these markers. Like, I feel like if anything should be learned from Game of Thrones is that if you allow the creators to, like, take these directions, like, you're going to get a following of people that will be like, oh, this is incredible, like, that they did this and, like, they did this. And, like, all those surprising moments where it's, that might not typically happen on a network TV show, like, Jerry Seinfeld isn't going to be holding George Costanza's head. (laughs) Never gonna see that. Would I have liked to have seen it? Absolutely. Hell yeah, I would have. But now, but like, I I just want to see out of this. Like, I want to watch something and be like, yes, the creators got to do exactly what they wanted, and like, the the people funding this just trusted them to be like, okay, we're gonna trust you, like, to to carry out your vision here. Yeah. Like, that's what I want to see is that creative freedom that Game of Thrones had. Yeah, I want to see people really take note of that. And I think this is like a... A call to action. No, this is a good cathartic sort of end cap and and really like a thank you note sort of to Game of Thrones because I have never... Like, this is by far my favorite piece of media I've ever consumed in my life. It's It's... At every aspect, I mean, you just heard fucking, I don't even know how many hours of it. And it's, it's just, it's, it's, un, it's unmatched. And, um, so at, I, I just want to say like a, a, a thank you to the void for, for what Game of Thrones did and the way it was able to transport me and it's, and, and just, the entire crew for making that shit happen. Yes. Like for that's building that world and like managing that if, world. If one department had, had been like, oh, I got, I don't like the, I don't like where this character goes this season. Like I don't even really care. Like, oh, I'm, it's hot and I'm tired and yeah. whatever. 
but they would have the best fucking work. Like that whole crew did the best fucking work ever. I, every last one of them was dedicated. Every every one of them. If you are a Game of Thrones crew member, um, thank you for your service. <laughs> God bless. Uh, if you're that, if you're that one guy that I met when I was in Northern Ireland visiting Castle uh, Winterfell, because I was there. I don't know. Tyler, I want to end it by asking you, what death really, really got you? Oh. Go ahead. You can take some time to think about it. Oh. I'll edit out your silence. What death? Take your time, because I'm still thinking, too. Probably John Aaron. <laughs> yeah, really fucked everything up. The death that, like, emotionally affected me the most I think is easily egret like that one oh that one good one. was very very difficult because mm-hmm. it wasn't just losing egret as like a very another like side character but a very cool side character to have yeah. um like she was she was so cool and it wasn't just the loss of her. Like, that was a big one. Like, oh, fuck, we're not going to see her anymore. Like, she's not going to be a part of this. It was also, like, the implications of her death with John and with how the the Night's Watch would look at the Wildlings now. And, like, like her death carried a big toll of, like, the Wildlings lost. They're going to retreat again. And now the Night's Watch is going to hate them more than ever. Yeah. Like, also, like... John had to be with the wildlings for so long. He was so connected with them. And obviously Egret was like his first love. So like she died in his arms and it also comes down to like the cinematography of the scene. Like where like they very rarely do slow motion. There was like maybe three shots that were slow motion previous to that. Yeah. Like they very rarely do slow motion. And when it's, I think that was like their best example of slow motion was just slowly panning through the ground floor of Castle Black and you see everyone fighting and then their best fighter just on the ground like shaking, yeah. like holding someone. Was, wasn't it like on them and it just slowly pulled back to reveal more of the scene happening around them and he was just I like holding her? I can't remember if it was pull out I'm or pretty pull. sure it went straight back. Okay, I don't know. It either went straight back or it went like but it left like, to right. It just, it, it became, you just saw all of this happening around him holding her. Yeah. That was a really, really good. That was a really tough that, one that to hit, deal with. That hit right right at home. Because it, it was so sad and you knew it had to happen, but also, fuck Ollie. Yeah. Fuck Ollie. So my saddest Hardest death was Ollie. Death. Such a what a good what a good kid. Killed before his time. Or Alistair Thorne. I loved him too. You know, he was so good he didn't with stand his small up with, face. He didn't <laughs> his face that is much too small his, for his, his head. His face was one third the size of the rest of his head. <laughs> exactly. It was just kind of squished right into the middle there. Bastard. Um I am gonna go then with uh I'm gonna go with Tywin for similar reasons because of what happened around his death where Jamie really stuck his neck out, showed his brother love and got fucked over for it. 
Yeah. And got super fucked over. Not He didn't really face big consequences that much, but he did, he did get kind of betrayed by Tyrion in that moment because yep. Tyrion was, was so, just supposed was to so leave. scorned by everything else that he saw Shay and that crushed him like him and Shay's relationship Shay was also a very hard death not because of Shay because of Tyrion yeah because like Peter Dinklage did such a good job with like showing just raw pain and like that. because I think in that moment we all hated Shay after the trial after the trial we all hated we Shay. all hated Shay where she like she wasn't technically lying no, but you not re- completely, but it was just like, oh, that's so out of context. Yeah, and you you remember how they were, and they were just the cutest together. Like they it was like finally he could have someone. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that he did that, walked in and still defended her, like, don't call her a whore. And that's he because so, his father had sentenced him to death, even though he knew he didn't do it, that was that was a hard death because Tyrion had to do it. Yeah. And Tywin, like, just wanted to send him to Castle Black. Like, and... Um, he would have done it just because he, another reason to keep his family powerful and yeah, continuing. To, to, like, keep Tyrion out and not fuck with anything. But then it was also, like, I loved the moment of, like, I, no, all I want out of this is for you to take like the family name like i want you to get out of the king's guard like it was entirely for jamie it was just okay deal yeah this is all i wanted yeah yeah i'm not not gonna are you kidding i'm not gonna kill my own son that would look horrible for us right like i i loved that but that was your hardest death i mean you kind of you kind of took it um because the obvious i I didn't want to just choose another one of the obvious ones obviously ned was like, oh, fucking hell. And then the Red Wedding was like a big... Uh, Talia or... What, Talisa? Talisa. Talisa was also a very hard one because it was also like, that was unnecessarily brutal. <laughs> Little Ned was right in there. L- you Little got Ned. it. It was like... <laughs> they gave us Ned for a second just to be a dick. Yeah. Like, just to be dicks about it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to just say the obvious ones, but, like, if I had to be, like, really honest with it, like, the Red Wedding. Um, I think, I think another hard one to deal with. I loved Joffrey so much. Well, I mean, they did his death really well, where they really, like, humanized him because, through the through the lens of Cersei. Which is wild they brought him to a level where you would never you'd like never hated him more Mm -hmm. and then they completely 180 in like a matter of a minute Mm -hmm. made him made you like ah shit (laughs) shit like because you see cersei over him like that's it i'm you know what i'm gonna leave the the saddest death in game of thrones i'm gonna chalk it up R.I.P. Sir Pounce. Yeah, I okay. knew I knew that was coming. R.I.P. Sir Pounce. They they did us dirty with that one. Canonically the baddest death band name I call it, but true. R.I.P. Sir Pounce. You you were braver than them all. You should have you and, sh- and you deserved more. To you I say meow, my friend. <laughs> 
adieu he's, and he's, meow. He's busy drinking milk in, in heaven right now. And um, yeah, thank you if you've stuck through through it with for all this time. Um, this was uh, this was cathartic for us. And does anyone know what that word means? No. We probably sound pretty cool using it, though. Yeah. We sound way smarter. Yeah. People like think we, we're into... Yeah. Well, and, like and we you've read. got glasses, so like... I read. Yeah. Well, what else would I have them for? Thank you so much for watching. Um, who knows? We might do another one just to try and hit all the things we didn't get to fucking talk about. That's another thing is we missed a ton of stuff. We... We just we I missed half the stuff I had written down. Well, I mean, because if we wanted to do it, if, it'd be like thirty-five hours. Yeah, it would be insanely long. So, le- like, let's get a discussion going in the in the comments. So, like, let us know your favorite moments and stuff like that. I'm always really active, and I'm sure for this one, Tyler's going to be pretty active in it. But I'm always stalking. It's just I'll, you're always I pick and choose. You're always creeping in. There. I go back. I go back to shit from like September 2017. Open those. See if we got new comments. I I look, but I don't always respond because I don't want to. I don't want to make it seem like I'm readily available. You want to have an air of mystique to yourself. Exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to be mysterious. Yeah. So, th- but this is this is a perfect time. Like, let us know your favorite parts. Let us know if you disagree with us, or you know, if we if you I have keep a, that to yourself. <laughs> you have a different idea of like what we think it meant, and you thought it meant something different. Let us know that. And other than that, uh, R.I.P. Sir Pounce and Game of Thrones. We will never see either of your likes again. The likes of which... Wait, I don't remember. I didn't get that line right. We will never see their like again.